This is 90.5 WKHS Wharton, streaming at WKHSradio.org, community connected student public radio. Everyone has a story. Everyone starts somewhere. Let's go back to the beginning. Each week, we'll chat with local professionals and hear about the goals and plans they had in high school and then connect the dots to the present day. This is personal. This is all about connections. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's installment of College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andre Anderson, Senior Coordinator for MBRT's Next Generation Scholars. Well, I am so delighted today in the WKHS studio to have some of my MBRT colleagues with me. Hello, y'all. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's so good to see you here. So the work that we do with MBRT, we find ourselves kind of by ourselves in our schools and we meet virtually. So having all of us in one place is kind of cool. It's been kind of a fun day. So uh, we've been in a classroom working on resumes. We've been talking about some uh, best practices and and the work that we do. So um, it's been a really great day so far. So I'm so glad you're here. Well, let's start. We'll have each of you introduce yourselves and then um, share your role with MBRT. I'm Leonard Webb, the Next Gen Program Coordinator for Allegheny County. I'm Morgan Cox, and I am the Event and Communication Specialist with MBRT. And I'm Abigail Trice, and I am the um, Coordinator for Caroline County Public Schools. Yes, and Abigail just started. So fresh, a few weeks in, so real exciting. So we've been talking a lot about um, getting started with the program, and um, this has been kind of fun to, to have those conversations today. But one of the things that we love to do on this show, and this is actually really great for, for colleagues, too, to talk about how you got here and, and what you were thinking about in high school. So uh, one of the questions we like to ask is, you know, sitting in a junior classroom or senior classroom getting ready for the next phase of your life what were you thinking you would be doing so Leonard let's start with you what did you think you'd be doing I knew what I didn't want to be doing that's a good start (laughs) that we love that (laughs) um I just wanted to go to college I really didn't know what I wanted to do I just didn't want to be uh what I saw drug dealer uh criminal and college was my way out so as starting off, it was just, how do I get out of New York? And then it started to be, well, I want to do something helping people. So along the line, I just found my purpose and my passion. Yeah, yeah. So you, you knew what you wanted to go to college. That was your way out. Okay. Not Didn't matter what you studied. Didn't matter what you did. Not at that point. Yeah. Once yeah. I got in and got around people and, you know, found found a mentor, then I, I realized what I wanted to do. Yeah. How about you, Morgan? What did you want to do in high school? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I... <laughs> Like Leonard, I wanted to go to college, um, and it was more of like a "that's what I'm doing, I'm going to college" type of situation. Um, and I didn't. I had so many dreams as a kid of what I wanted to do, and none of them, like they all, kind of connected through communication. So I always knew I wanted to go into communications. I knew I wanted to study it, but it branched off into like 17 different <laughs> types of things. I mean. When I was 17 and you asked me, I probably would have responded, I wanted to be the next Taylor Swift. Of course. Um, who doesn't? But then again, everybody still does. Same. It's still relevant. So at least, <laughs> at least I'm still there. But um, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always wanted to, I just like talking to people. So it, to me, it just wanted to do something in that, um, in that field. But specifically, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Abigail? What did you want to do? Um, yeah, so high school wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, but I 
from the time I was a kid, I knew I wanted to help people. Um, and pretty early on that manifested as, oh, you should be a doctor. You're really smart. You're really driven. And so I was sitting in high school thinking, I'm going to be some kind of surgeon. Um, but that obviously was not the case. I found a different <laughs> path um, in school. But I, well, I'm grateful I found it. And I'm grateful I got to see the other ways in which you can help people um, that I didn't even know about. Yeah. You all hit on really important topics. I think that we conversations we have with students now, I mean, there some of them are kind of anxious and thinking I have to have it all figured out. But every guest I've had on this show, save for one, one knew what she wanted to do when she was five years old and she was actually doing it. Um, but everybody else was kind of like, oh, it changed. Or I, you know, went to college or I went to a school or I went to this location and found there's more that I don't know exists and and sort of kind of went that way. Um, but I think it's important in the work that we do for for kids to know where you came from and how you got this role. Like what what seemed like, that's a good idea. I want to talk to, to high school kids about what to do with their futures. Like that sounds like fun. You know, none of us necessarily thought this is what we would be doing, but here we are. Um, so I, I'd love to know the thing that brought you to MBRT. Like what were you doing right before MBRT and how'd you get here? Well, for me, I was 27 years in the Federal Bureau of Prisons counseling guys not to come back to prison. And I left there in 2017 and started my own business, sort of working with students. Because I had, with the prison system, I had worked with students since 1994. Mm -hmm. I was the one to go to career days and be out in the community. And Leonard was one of our super volunteers before yeah, working. Yes. Oh, sorry. I, I interrupted your story. My gosh. <laughs> about two weeks later, I saw the advertisement for MBRT to volunteer in the classrooms. And I said, that's, you know, what I really wanted to do was help kids that were looked like me and had similar experiences to find their way to college. And I just started volunteering. And uh, one day... Uh, Miss Pannoni came to me and she said, do you know anybody to be interested in the coordinator job? I got promoted. And I was like, you're talking to them. <laughs> Don't tell anybody them. else I want <laughs> yeah. this job. <laughs> that's how I got here. It was it was a good trip. Yeah, that's awesome. How did Morgan, how did it find you or how did you find it? I feel like it finds you, but you it know. does find you. I don't know anybody that. Well, I don't know. I would say that it finds you. Yeah. Um. So I. I'm going to go back just a little bit further. Um, I had relocated back to Maryland. I'm originally from here. Um, let's see, what year was that? 2016. And I um, applied for a job um, in sales. I was like sales communication. Talking to people. Talking to people. I think I can do that. Um, can't do that. That's not a skill I have. Um, so I ended up finding a job um, working at a background check company. Um interesting enough but it is a thousand percent a desk job and you do not get up from your seat all day long and that's just not something that I could handle so in the meantime I had been applying elsewhere um I had applied in the school system as a long-term substitute my parents are both educators it wasn't really I had zero interest in going into education I'm mm -hmm. um, just living in that um environment I guess um but I had applied for a long-term sub and this position are, well, I guess I should also say that I was the next-gen coordinator in Caroline County um, for the past five years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I came to find MBRT, um, that as I was applying for those jobs, somebody came up to me. They're like, hey, are you interested in this at all? You're working with, you know, young students and getting them, giving them advice. And I'm like, yeah, actually, <laughs> like, 
in the school system, absolutely. Not teaching, sign me up. Yes. Yeah. So education found you. I love it. You tried to avoid it and here you are, like working in education. <laughs> I love it. Abigail, how about you? How did how did you find MBRT? Well, there must be something in the air in Caroline County. <laughs> I was um, subbing myself when I found this job and it was actually my second day as a substitute teacher. Oh my gosh. And um, I was substituting in North Carolina, which I also went to. Um and so I knew some of the staff there, and they were like, hey, have you ever heard of Morgan Cox? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, go talk to her. She has a job opportunity for you. I love that. And I'm like, okay, what's the job? And they're like, I don't really know. Just talk to her. And oh I'm like, gosh. okay, like, fine. So I went down, and I did talk to her, honestly, just to see what it was all about. But yeah. by the end of that conversation, I was like, oh, I want this job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here I am. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I love that. That's probably, I, as you were saying that, like, do you know Morgan Cox? I feel like if you would say that to kids, too, and they're like, Who's that? Go talk to her. <laughs> I feel like that's how we started with the program. It was like, go see Miss Anderson. It, who? Like, what am I doing? Um, but then you become like part of the household name, which I love. So that's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad it found you and you found it. So um, I guess this is so cool because usually I'm interviewing people outside of MBRT, but it's so neat to talk about the work that we do. Um, so day to day, what are your priorities with the role that you have? What do you what are you focusing on right now? Building relationships, recruiting the, the younger uh, students that yeah. are there. And I feel like just being transparent and also building relationships with the staff. Yeah. They're continuing to be uh, a resource for them and reaching out to them. That's how I spend most of my day other than our paperwork or something like that. But I'm not doing that. <laughs> the, yeah. the best part is the building relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that constantly has to be worked on. Yeah. But how, so now your day priorities have changed. So now in your, in your new role with events and communication, what are you, what are you focusing on? So a large part of my um, roles now fall into the social media aspect, which is super exciting. Um, so I am working on just creating content for our social media platforms to help spread the, the message about um, MBRT statewide. Well, and further through the beautiful um, social media platforms. <laughs> um, and then I'm also helping with um, the event coordination in Caroline County and with other MBRT events too. Um, so that's just a lot of building relationships, like Leonard said, but yeah. um, maintaining the relationships that I do already have in Caroline County mm -hmm. and trying to see how we can leverage and partner with other people um, to help support the students, um, not only in our districts, but across the state. Yeah. And your role is new, too. So sort of figuring out like how, how to best fit the needs of Maryland Business Roundtable for Education and Next Gen Scholars is a big piece of what MBRT does. So figuring out like how does that fit in exactly. the, the bigger picture and what relationships do we need to cultivate or, or you know, reimagine or uh -huh, reimagine the use of time. Look at me using those grant terms. Um, <laughs> try to sneak them in there every so often. But um, so, okay. So a lot of building relationships. Abigail, I know you're learning, right? Your, your job right now is to figure out what it is you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was going to say it's a little unfair. In my first three weeks, all I want to do is build relationships too. <laughs> you're sort of figuring out how does this machine tick? What are we, what are we here to do? Um, if you could summarize in a nutshell, like what, what is the Next Generation Scholars Program? I would love to know from Abigail 
Abigail first because like from your outside perspective, like we've all like drank the Kool-Aid. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming into it, like a, a good way to put it is like, how did I tell my family? Yeah. Like when they were like, oh, you're applying for this job. What is it? And yes. I was like, um. <laughs> so I always start out by saying, you know, we're college and career readiness. Um, yes. Or, CCR. Yes. <laughs> we promote college and career readiness in 10th through 12th grade students. Um, but then like, you know, that's kind of a blanket statement. So like, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. And usually beyond that, I'm like, we connect with these kids and we support them and everything that they do. And we kind of show them that they have options that maybe no one else has ever encouraged them to pursue. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe I still have a little idealistic view of everything. That's, but that was awesome, right? I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> um, so a, a more seasoned, so uh, Morgan's been with the program since day one. So now, I mean, it's kind of evolved a little bit. I mean, it has. The core of what we're here to do is basically what Abigail's been saying. But what's your perspective on what the program does? Uh, I think from a more of like a personalized standpoint it really can be not to be like over dramatic or oversell what we do I guess I but love it like, do it drama <laughs> be, we be like Taylor. lives yes. <laughs> what would Taylor say what would Taylor Swift say <laughs> but no really it I have watched um so many students come from you know either middle school or early high school and watch them graduate walk across the stage and now there there's two classes out in the real world that whether they're in college now or they are in their field and we're still finding their way as a lot of us still are Mm -hmm. um i think that we are just building those connections for them and helping piece together um just ideas and dreams that they maybe didn't realize they had a lot of students um they i mean me too like you see what your parents do you see what your what is happens in your environment so Mm -hmm. you want to we want to help expose them to other options for them whether that's a good thing um I mean they might need to see some other options or see some other careers that they might be interested in and also just a good switch up and Mm -hmm. you know see things outside of where they are I always joke with my my students that when I was in Caroline County as a student I thought you could have two jobs you could either be um a teacher Mm -hmm. that's what I saw or you could be a farmer because we're surrounded by fields yeah um there's nothing else that's it that's it um (laughs) but that's not true there's so many careers that you can be successful at um so just really bringing that exposure to them to help them you know figure out what their next step is and if it's college like we want to help them get there right yeah Leonard anything to add from those I'm just going to go corporate. Every student, (laughs) a future, every business a success. Yes, (laughs) I love it. Pulling in the motto, doing your due diligence. That's it. (laughs) I love that. So, well, let's, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but let's talk about about connections. So how do you see that we are connecting students to the business community or to their community? What, What kinds of things are you seeing that we're doing or what are you hoping that we're creating for them? we're doing bringing volunteers in and exposing them to jobs with our career tours i think the exposure is the biggest thing Mm -hmm. letting them know uh, what's available and part of that is just being visible and having them know who you are and i have a great group of students that you know if a student is struggling they say hey go see mr webb love that and you know that's important because my son was a next-gen scholar and 
I had the opportunity to be a volunteer and go into his classroom <laughs> and then actually have the job and be there and have him recruit people for me. Uh, so I think that's the important part. With businesses, it's having them have, think about these are your future employees mm -hmm. and how do you want to impact them and how can you recruit and retain retain them mm -hmm. and it's part of the nurturing process you know I, I tell some of the businesses this is a baby that you can nurture and maybe bring into your corporation to watch grow and become a leader yeah yeah um, how about from Morgan or Abby how, how do you you know see connecting students to the bigger business community or their community or you know things that you worked on or hope to work on in your new role um, I did not realize how important networking it was mm. um, or is. So I think it's really giving students an opportunity, whether they know it or not, to network with people because you do not know how that might change the trajectory of your future. Yeah. I mean, my how I came into MBRT was a thousand percent based off of somebody knew who I was and yeah. recommended me. Yep. And that and I have had this job for you know been in this role for or roles I guess for five six years so yeah yeah I think it just gives students an opportunity to practice that skill whether they realize it or not yeah. and then you know then you never know these kids might circle back and follow up with some of these businesses they went on the career tours with and, yes. you know 10 years and start working there yeah and exactly my ultimate goal is to have one of the next gen students now we have this we're building this next gen alumni program because we have two classes that have graduated have one of those kids come into this role like that would be that would be so cool so cool right to have a student that went through the program to come back and be the person that's leading the program oh mind blow that would be amazing that would be amazing <laughs> I would love that um, uh, one thing I want to touch on and this is kind of like a more global issue but it's something that we definitely deal with I know that we like to provide options. I think every single one of you have said options or opportunities, which are words that we love on the College and Career Radio Show. But something that you know we kind of get a reputation for is um, helping students with college, college or trade school applications. Like that's a, a big piece of why we're here. Um, so knowing that there's this decline or this kind of changed attitude in college and the whole college environment you know there's 1.3 million fewer students that are attending college how does that affect do you think about that does you know does something like that keep you up at night maybe not I don't know <laughs> maybe it's just me um, but what how does that affect what we do like and the perception of, of college or career readiness in your schools that's a loaded question. That's a big question, right? That's heavy. <laughs> like, how does that impact the work that we do? Or do you think about that? Or have we, have you tried to maybe change your conversations that you're having with staff members or students about the future? College is big for me because it was my outlet mm -hmm. to change the trajectory of my life. So when I see the decline and I talk to students, I, I think the decline is really based on they see it as an extension of high school mm. and nobody wants to stay in high school really <laughs> so when they see when COVID happened and they saw kids that were already in college in their dorm rooms uh, or either doing virtual learning or whatever that doesn't seem attractive mm -hmm. and what I try and tell them is for me it was the outlet it may not be for you but always keep it as an option 
even if you're not planning to go to college, I encourage them to do the FAFSA and, and send out applications so it's there. Mm-hmm. But I think the decline is mostly based on there's so much other things with the Internet and they see entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I think if college is focused on those things rather than two more years of English and two more years of a science and two more years of math, kids are yearning nowadays for real life interactions and real life skills. And some of the things that colleges are not doing is providing that yeah. other than the extracurricular which would be different than high school. But colleges aren't providing that those real-life skills. And you see it in high school now where kids are disengaged because nothing against To Kill a Mockingbird, but what does this have to do with my life? Mm-hmm. And really I try and connect them to young lady came to me and she was mad about her social studies class, just to give a quick example. And she was like, what does the, the Constitution have to do with me? Mm, no. <laughs> Don't said, ask a history major. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> well, my thing was, imagine you were the first black female president. Mm. What would you change? And now she sees herself in the curriculum. Now it's real life. And you could see the look in her eye that now she's starting to think. And that those 21st century skills, critical thinking, it's starting to happen. And now she's enjoying the class. Rather than why am I doing this? What can I get from it? Yeah, I love that. I love those examples. It's like the real world, like pulling it in. Like let let me show you how this is relevant to what you're doing. Um, how about from either of you? Like you know, looking at the decline in college enrollment and knowing that that's a big piece of the work that we do. Is that shifting conversations, or are you anticipating at you know having <laughs> conversations about that? Or are you just like I'm just gonna learn this year? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it might be a little counterintuitive, um, but I think a decline in college attendance kind of really reinforces the need for people in our position and doing work similar to what we're doing Mm -hmm. Um, because college is like a pretty universally good thing you know there's a lot of growth there's a lot of learning that happens there's a lot of experiences you might otherwise not have and I think you know everyone should have the option if that is you know their will and what they want to do like Mm -hmm. to have those experiences and to get to live that life Um, But there's a lot of access barriers, obviously. Um, So I think when you're seeing kids choosing other options as opposed to college, I think the question has to be, like, what can we do to make this more accessible to Mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. What can we do to draw them in so that they can have more of a hand in their future and not just, you know, be governed by chance? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Morgan? Any thoughts on declining college attendance and what that does um i think it's i agree with both leonard and abby i think that all of that is important and relevant and i think when i looking back on the last five years in my position the conversation i've had with students has changed Mm. um i started off by well i also you know trying to figure out the program as you as it was building was it was a sad challenge we can talk about another time (laughs) um but it was so college-based and i think that when you say college it either sends up red flags or people's ears turn off one of the two um or maybe both um so i think talking more about like having different experiences um, and explaining that your learning never stops, whether yes. you're 
in a classroom, if you're out in the field, you know, whether you're watching a YouTube video, like you don't stop learning. Right. Um, so I think that it's important for students to know that mm-hmm. and that having that conversation in that, that college and high school are not the same thing. Yeah. Um, they, the only, I think, similarity might be that you, you know, learn and you take classes, <laughs> but um, I think it's just, it, you know, Leonard and Abby both touched on it. It's such a different experience and um, between helping students access it and just totally understanding that it's it's not maybe what they think it is mm-hmm. um, and college can look different for everyone and having it be um, a way that it really suits you best is what I think is most important. Yeah. That kind of makes me wonder for each of you, what is something that, um, for better, lack of better term, keeps you up at night or something that you're thinking about with this generation or that really propels you in the work that you, that you do? Like, what are you, what are you worried about for this, this group of kids or generation or, um, what struggles or challenges are you seeing right now? I worry about the kids not realizing their passion. They're chasing something other than what their purpose is, what they're here for. Mm -hmm. And it ends up leading to a dead end. Um, When I think about kids, my son is part of this generation. So it's really difficult to to watch some of the untapped potential that goes by. um, That you know they can do the work, um, but they just don't have the extra support that they need, and you try and give that to them. But there's something missing, and I, I worry that there are too many kids that are not growing up with love and I think we're we're, we've turned into a more disciplined and accountability school system rather than leading with love and Mm -hmm. I worry about kids are not getting the love that they need to grow into the person that they could become yeah how about you, Morgan? What keeps you up at night? Mm, that was pretty well said. I know, right? <laughs> like, well, how do you follow that? Like, I'll just see myself out. Um, <laughs> I think, and maybe this is the communication person in me, mm-hmm. I worry about this generation talking to each other. Like, having, like, <laughs> there. the old-fashioned conversation face-to-face mm-hmm. versus, you know, over, like, I can't even say social media is a bad thing because that's my job. Yeah. I would just sell myself out of you. Right. Um, but being able to have, whether they be difficult conversations or um, just conversations to help if you learn about somebody and learn someone's background, that can lead you to new things too. Like you just learn more about yourself, about the people you're around. And I think just, it kind of goes into the love thing that Leonard's talking about and empathy in general. I think having all of those pieces help you grow into the best person you can be, which of course is going to be so reflective in your career. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the generation as a whole. Yeah, that communication thing does, although I'll tell you something, um, I actually talked with an old admissions colleague about this because I had a kid come to me, uh, maybe Monday, what day is it, Monday, yesterday, and was like, Miss Anderson, Towson called me this weekend and we were so excited and I was like you picked up <laughs> that's amazing so maybe we're starting to see a shift where they will talk to people maybe not each other I don't know <laughs> maybe they will I don't know I'm, I gave me a little glimmer of hope I was excited about that so we'll see but uh, yeah otherwise yeah you're worried about their communication yeah I feel that how about you Abby what keeps you up um, I think I have a very unique perspective because I am a Gen Z member myself. So. I, I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you 
know, I, I kind of get where these kids are because, you know, I grew up similarly. And I think something that for me, or something for me that was always big was like, you know, the planet's dying. Mm. The world has all these big, giant problems that I had no, like, help in creating. I, I didn't lend any help to create it, but now I have to deal with all of the ramifications of it. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, like my solution, I, going to college, you know, I'm going to make the world a better place. I'm going to do what I can. Um, and I feel like, you know, COVID kind of disconnected our generation from like, oh, hey, remember all these possibilities and all these things you can go out and do. And like, even if it's just a little thing that makes it better, like it doesn't have to be the be all end all. Mm -hmm. So I guess what keeps me up at night is like hoping the kids remember that like you just make one change and for a better world and you've already done enough. Yeah. Starting with yourself, right? We'll go throw a little Michael Jackson in there, right? <laughs> Start with the person in the mirror. I love that because it kind of brings it back to like, so I, I love that, you know, 90s are my home. That's my that's my happy place. So that, that brings me back to the 90s. I love that. Um, well, I guess, do any of you, maybe maybe one or two of you have advice for the seniors? Like, what do you, what do you find you're saying the most right now to seniors? In the, as they're prepping for their future, their next steps. What I mostly hear myself saying is... <laughs> My mother's voice comes out. It's weird. <laughs> it's never too late to be the first, and it's okay to be the last. And I always mm. say that because... And before we came in, Abby was like, my mom was born in blah, 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 blah. And I was like, <laughs> I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> Just I to feel old. We're spanning multiple generations in this, in this radio show. <laughs> yeah, but even, even at uh, 55 years old, um, one thing I'm very proud of was I was named by the Governor Hogan to the Juvenile Justice School Board a few months ago. That's awesome. And at 55, I'm still the first. I was the first um african-american male to do that and so wow. at 55 you know that's shows you it's not too late and and i tell that to kids that may have struggled that first semester and i tell them it's not not too late to, to recover from that and it's not too late in 11th grade i don't care if you've you know messed up three years of high school is you know it's still not too late yeah uh and to be the first i always go back to and to be the last it's okay to be the last I always go back to five guys which i love to go to <laughs> and they didn't say you know, they have McDonald's, they have Wendy's, they have Burger King. You know, we don't need another burger joint. It's okay to be the last burger joint. They're successful anyway, so it's okay to be the last as well. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to end on that note. <laughs> uh, but I do want to also bring back, I mean, sitting here in the, in the radio station and knowing that it's the only radio station at a high school in the state of Maryland and, um, you know, being aware that it is Giving Tuesday, right? And we want to celebrate um, local nonprofits and the community. And we do so much of that, <clears throat> just second nature here at the, at the radio station. But um, I know that particularly the Kent County Public Schools Education Foundation is asking for support today. So if you are interested in making a donation, heading to midshoregives.org, um, search for Kent County Public Schools Education Foundation and click donate. I know that a lot of the, the um, support that they'll get for that foundation will go toward things like renovating the planetarium space, which um, very few schools, ha high schools have a planetarium space and, 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 you know, transforming that space so that it can become a community hub. And I know one of our teachers, um, Mrs. Stout, 
who's been a great volunteer with the MBRT program. She's come on field trips with us. She has really been putting a lot of hard work into cleaning up that space and trying to utilize it for for classes and wants to see it used for other classes and also for community members and business communities. So that would be an amazing thing to keep that legacy going. Um, You know, so heading to midshortgifts.org, making a donation for Kent County Public Schools Education Foundation will help to let that legacy live and even rebuild it for the future generations. So thank you so much for considering that on Giving Tuesday. And that is our show for today. We'll be back next week with another installment. And until then, go to midshortgifts.org and donate. (laughs) You're listening to 90.5 WKHS Wharton.